I'm Mallory. And I'm Caitlin. And this is Malicious. Bitches. 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 <laughs> Welcome back. We are doing uh, Jeffrey Dahmer part two. Yeah, part two, numero dos. This um, is a, a marathon episode, which I mean, Dahmer is a very crazy, very crazy case. So. Honestly, this could have gone on for like six episodes, but I was like, no, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot. That would be like Dahmer level crazy. Right. As you can tell, my voice still sounds like shit. <laughs> I still sound like I smoke three packs a day. Three packs of blunts a day. <laughs> yeah. It's getting a little bit better, but not much. Yeah. I feel like actually it's getting worse because I keep like using my voice because I'm like straining my throat, but it's fine. Yeah. Caitlin, Caitlin's a little too chatty for the th- sore throat issue. Yeah. I didn't talk like all day Monday because I was just year old. <laughs> And I was like, when I opened my mouth to the talk, nothing. Eric like said something to me, and I was like, uh, yeah, it was like nothing. I was like, oh fuck, this is not good. <laughs> That's rough. But you don't think it's like a strep or anything, right? Like no other symptoms of you being sick. It's just a sore throat. Yeah. Well, I went to the doctor on Monday. They told me it was just my allergies. Mm. We love those allergies. Yeah, but I'm not doing too good in that department. <laughs> Other than that, I don't have any Taylor Swift updates other than she's dating Travis Kelsey, which I think I said last week. And we don't think it's a publicity stunt, right? Like we think I, it's I know that it isn't. Yeah, for a fact. I 100% she's know like, She's like, I spoke fact. to Taylor. She told me it was real. <laughs> no, that's just my girl, and I know her, okay? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't seem like the type of bitch to do something for publicity like that. Like, you know, she doesn't need it. She's literally the most famous person on the planet right now. So why would she need to do that? Yeah, and he's really famous too, like within the NFL. Right. So Neither like for the things that it. are important to him, he's like huge. Right. He's like, he I got saw, a fucking Super Bowl ring last year. <laughs> like shut the fuck up, you guys. I saw people speculating that it was a publicity stunt because her security wasn't with them. That first time they were at the game together, you know, when they left in that convertible car and it was just her and him. And I was, I was like, a little surprised that she even got in that car because I'm not going to lie. She seems to be like a paranoid queen exactly. as well. They were like, there's always five or six bodyguards around her. And but, I'm like, they were probably in a black suburban, like one car back. And we just didn't see the picture of that. you know? Right. And they probably were. And also he probably was taking backwards. Also, they were drinking and like having a good time so yeah they were just vibing and like, fucking mind your business nobody's trying travis kelsey you know what i mean he's a big dude yeah <laughs> they're fucking wild she was safe everything's good yeah but so i don't think that, that it's a publicity style i think they're just vibing and chilling and i think that everybody needs to fucking leave them alone okay right that's what i think the nfl is taking it a bit far though we need to rein it in like yeah it's really not that serious my only other taylor update is that it's officially october spooky season and taylor swift's movie comes out on the 13th so oh i was thinking about that today and i couldn't remember which day we were going the 13 that's taylor's number girl oh we're going on the 13th though right yeah we got tickets the day that it came out i was like i gotta get off my job and then go right there (laughs) immediately i got a bunch of friendship bracelets i've been making they're gonna be great it's gonna be awesome have you heard from your stalker since the last time that we did our podcast (laughs) not this week right nope I haven't heard from him this week. No messages. Maybe we're done. I was telling Caitlin today that every time I open my Instagram app and I see a message, most likely it's from her sending me something, but I always have this little bit of fear like, oh God, he found me again. again? He made another account. <laughs> it's like PTSD. Yeah, right. I'm like, I really don't want to deal with this. And then, you know, sometimes I just open it and it's like a funny meme or it was like you sending me pictures of people wearing pumpkins on their heads. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. It's funny. <laughs> Any other updates that we have? I feel like I had a story that I was supposed to tell you, but I forgot. Do you remember? We were texting. Oh, something about a dead body in the yard, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, save it for the pod. Yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't really live in the best part of town, whatever. And i couldn't come home one night because i remember i was telling eric this and he was like what the fuck and he told his friends at the bar his rich friends his rich friends all of his friends like i'm like they're they're in a different tax bracket we'll just put it at that okay i feel like they look at you like some kind of science experiment i really feel like i feel like 
They're like, how long is she going to hang around? You like, know, what she, are you doing, Eric? What's she, going on? Isn't she like 13? <laughs> Eric's here for the chaos, though. <laughs> yeah, he's enjoying it. But I told him the story. I couldn't come home one night. I was really young. I was probably like five or so. I couldn't come home because there was a dead body in the front yard. That's how I always tell the story, right? That's how I remembered it. Again, remember, I was five. So I... I didn't make up that there was a body in the yard. A woman did get assaulted and, like, almost beaten to death, and she was dumped in our front yard. She was found naked. Oh, my God. But she didn't die. Okay. But I didn't know that. But it was a crime scene. Yeah, it was an active crime scene. Right. And there was a lady there. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And so... You probably just saw her, like, laying in the yard, and you were like, oh, shit, well, that I bitch is dead. Well, I couldn't come home. I remember so I couldn't come home. So you didn't see, like, nothing. Yeah, okay. well, it was, we couldn't come home at all that day because it was, a, like, That's closed crazy. off or whatever because they were getting her and they were taking evidence, whatever. But my mom, like, I was telling Eric about it one day, and my mom was here, and I was like, Mom, tell him that story's true. And I tell her, my mom's like, Caitlin, you're so damn dramatic. That is not true. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I remember this like it was yesterday. What do you mean it's not true? And she's like, that lady didn't die. She was fine. And I'm like. (laughs) Thanks, Harriet. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but it happened, right? Like, I'm not dramatic. And she's like, no, it happened. She was just like, I guess he said, she said that she was like a prostitute or something in the area. Just like that. She's like, yeah, I think she's a prostitute or something. I was like, okay, thanks, mom. Like, <laughs> thanks, Harriet, for the clarification. Thank you for proving my point. You literally thought it was a dead body for twenty years up until this point. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, it right. wasn't like I imagined a whole crime scene. It's crazy you remember it because I feel like what you start forming memories when you're like five or six. I remember, remember fucking forever. everything. No, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't remember anything. See, I don't remember shit. Or I can't forget anything. I remember fucking yeah. everything. I don't remember anything. Well, yeah, unfortunately, I remember fucking everything, and Mal remembers nothing, so. Yeah, I like it better this way, honestly. <laughs> so, and with that being said, I guess we're just going to dive into Dahmer. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a good tagline, dive into Dahmer. Dive into Dahmer. Diving into Dahmer with Mallory and Caitlin. I actually, like, figured that out about you when we started doing this true crime thing, and you remember so many details about so many cases. And, like, for me, once I dive into it, I try to push that information out of my brain, because, like, I don't want to store that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to <laughs> store the memory of a man strangling, like, 40 young women. And yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I mean? like, sometimes when I'm... I know, I always lose where I'm like reading and I just start going off like my memory of what happened. Yeah. Like if you'll notice. You have like a database yeah. of murders in your brain. <laughs> yeah, I have like a murder file and then like a SpongeBob file and you know, just Yeah. Like you Taylor bring Swift up, file. You bring up any name that's involved in some kind of true crime case. Caitlin's like, Oh yeah, I know that. I know all <laughs> about that. Do you want me to tell you what happened? <laughs> The only thing I struggle with is the dates. I do struggle with the dates a little bit, but I can tell you what happened, like, as if I was there. Yeah. You're like, I can give you a brief overview of the entire thing. The cliff notes. Yeah. Anyways, back to diving in with Dahmer. (laughs) (laughs) After Dahmer was released from jail in 1990, he moved into the Oxford Apartments into apartment number 213. This is the dreaded apartment. Anybody that knows, like, this number is significant. This is the, you know, this is. Yeah, this is the main memory I have of watching the Netflix series was this apartment. I feel like it was, like, a cornerstone of that series is what happened here. Yeah, this is when things just start. You can see him just. Spiraling? Spiraling. Yeah. Yeah. This is when you see him start to spiral after he moves in here a little bit. Well, there's no one else to be accountable to. Nobody here is telling him what the fuck to do. There's no grandma. Nobody's watching. Literally his own space, which is terrifying. Yeah. Dahmer told them when he moved in that he was just a single dude in the area trying to get on his feet because him and his girlfriend had just broken up. Dahmer was single at the time. I never had a girlfriend. And he was the only white male in the building. This is notable because of the area that he's in. He really uses this to his advantage to target his victims. The area, I might have said this on the last um, episode, 
I read that this area of town, some police officers, like, just wouldn't even patrol it. It was so bad with crime. Right. So, like, the least desirable part of town to live on. Right. Is where Dahmer got his apartment. The least police presence. Yeah. On May 20th, 1990, Dahmer was at a club when he met a man in the area who was working as a sex worker at the time. This man was Raymond Smith. Raymond Smith was a 32-year-old man who lived in the area. Dahmer offered Raymond $50, you know, his his usual, to come back to his apartment with him and take to some take some pictures. photos. He's like, hey. I want to take some Polaroids of you. Yeah, I want to take some photos. You're like a snake. Will you model a for me? A little snake. A little snake. <laughs> yeah, that's Dahmer. He's like, I feel like he's more like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he's drunk, so he's like, you want to come back to my apartment and take some photos? Take some pictures. I got a camera. <laughs> I could take some photographs. I feel like he was super monotone, right? Oh, yeah. I'm too, I'm too like. You're giving him too much personality. He didn't yeah, have like, that much. He's like, hey, I got this camera. And you want to, you know, come back to my place and take some photographs or. Have, have, have some beers or something. I'll pay you 50 bucks. I got I got $50 or whatever you want. Give you some dick. <laughs> Give you some dick. <laughs> okay. Dahmer offered him $50 and he agreed to come back to his apartment. Once they got to the apartment, Dahmer made Raymond a good old JD cocktail. And I'm not talking Jack Daniels. <laughs> he made him a, you know, a little drink, drink, and a little pill, pill. Oh, probably like six at this point. He's like knocking him out cold. I mean, he's a professional at this point. Yeah, right? he's probably got it down to a science. He knows probably like, oh, he's about 258 and he's three. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I wanted to be asleep for two hours. So I'm going to give him this much. Yeah. He then waited for him to fall asleep and strangled him before por- performing sexual acts on his corpse. Raymond was the first victim in the Oxford, Oxford apartments, as well as the first victim he posed in sexual acts and took photos of him after and before and during dismembering him. Dahmer also kept his skull alongside with Tony Sears. And, and, yeah. Mm. And so that's on May 20th. Last I remember, Tony Sears' skull was in a box at his work, right? In his work locker. So is that where both the skulls are now? Or he's got them both in his apartment now, probably. He probably brought them from his... Yeah, all of his collectibles are at home now. Yeah, because he's planning to... I think I'll later talk about it, but I can mention it now. He's planning to make some type of, like, shrine in his home. Right. With the skulls on, like, a pedestal. Mm. Naturally. Where else would you put skulls? Yeah. Of course, you're going to, like, set them up in, like, a curio cabinet and, like, find China. Could you fucking imagine walking in and seeing a curio cabinet full of skulls? Like, with the lights under the shelves to, like, display them. Imagine, yeah, with the lights. But imagine the lights are, like, candles inside of the skulls. Oh, no. (laughs) Like a Halloween pumpkin or something. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, that's Jack. A lantern. (laughs) Oh, I can't. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, he has them displayed in his home now for decor purposes. Mm -hmm. So he can reminisce. Right. Yeah. Touch them when he walks by. He probably does a lot more than touching with them. (laughs) Stop. Okay. Just saying. On June 14th of 1990, Edward, otherwise known as Eddie Smith, was at a bar called The Phoenix. This was a gay bar in the area, I'm pretty sure, and at the time was really one of Jeffrey's prime, like, I don't want to say hunting grounds because it makes it feel... No, I mean, that's accurate. That's what he's doing. Yeah. So, Eddie was a 28-year-old aspiring model in the area. He was also said to be very close with his family. His sister actually reported him missing, saying that the last time that she had heard from him was right after the Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. She then went into, I didn't note this, but she then went into all of the gay bars and everything after he went missing and she didn't hear from him in a few days. Just 
dominating the area trying to find out where he went posting photos of him asking people where he was saying i know my brother he wouldn't have just ran off Mm -hmm. he talks to me every day like he's missing you guys need to do something about it and they're she's probably asking the bartenders like did you see him just people in the area here everywhere yeah she probably knows where he's a regular right so that's super sad this is when he met Dahmer. was right after pride at the phoenix bar his body was never found, and they confirmed that he was one of his victims because Dahmer had photographs of him, like his body, and he admitted to killing him as well. Oh, my God. But it's said that he did his, you know, normal on him. Mm. It's very sad. Yeah. So this is June, May, June, July, August, nothing. September 2nd of 1990... Ernest Miller was in town visiting his aunt for Labor Day weekend. He was a college student and an aspiring dancer and was said to be very talented. He met Dahmer outside of a bookstore. Dahmer lured him back to his home and where he then drugged him before slicing his throat. This mm-hmm. is notable because this is the first victim that Jeffrey ever did that to and the yeah. only right. One. This seemed to be because he didn't expect him to wake up, though, because he was going to strangle him, and he woke up, and he had a knife by the bed, and he panicked and just slit his throat. It wasn't his plan right. or intent to do that. He was like, this dude is about to wake up and fuck me up. I got to do something. Right. That's so that's September 2nd. On September 24th, David Courtney Thomas went missing. I'm unsure how he met Dahmer and his body was never recovered, but Dahmer was charged with his murder after confessing to murdering him. There was also photographs of him found within Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's possessions. But I don't have a lot of information on him, but it's notable that he was a victim and I would like to note that. And we can always count on Jeffrey to have a Polaroid. Yeah. So that September, he did it twice. October, November, December, he took off for the holidays, right? (laughs) Took a little break again. Took a little break. A hiatus. January, still off for, you know, New Year's, right? Mm Mm-hmm. On February 18th, 1991, Curtis Strotter was sitting at a bus stop when he was approached by Jeffrey Dahmer. He convinced him to come to his apartment, saying he would pay him to take photographs. Duh. What else? Right. At the time, Curtis was wanting to become a model, so he was looking for any opportunity that he could find. The next big break, you know? Yeah, but, like, come on, Curtis. This man just walks up to you at a bus stop. Not to speak ill about the dead, but... Yeah, well, he had just lost his job and was only focused on school and modeling. So like, he needed the 50 bucks. Makes sense. Once he got to the apartment, he offered him a drink, in which he had added drugs to, naturally... Once he fell asleep, Dahmer cuffed his hands together and strangled him before dismembering his body while photographing it like a step-by-step process. That was February, March, nothing. April 7th of 1991. I think his name is pronounced E-Roll. Lindsay was only 19 years old and was walking down the road to go get a key made. Like, get a key cut. Mm Mm-hmm going to the hardware store right Dahmer convinced him to come back to his apartment with him where he drugged him and then tried to drill a hole into his head and added muric acid muriatic acid to it he then woke up and said his head was hurting like he didn't die like Dahmer fucking drilled a hole in his head and he didn't die he woke up and said bro my head hurts oh my god right he woke up and said his head hurt after Dahmer put muriatic acid in it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and let me look up the definition of muriatic acid because I didn't write it down. Okay, so muriatic acid is usually used for cleaning and preparing concrete mm. prior to etching, coating, and sealing. He put that in his brain. And he woke up and said, man, my head hurts. I bet it did. I fucking bet his head did a lot more than hurt. Yeah. I'm sure his head felt like it was going to explode. After this, Dahmer freaked out and killed him because he wanted him to be zombie-like. 
That was the whole goal. He wanted to stop killing people, so he wanted to turn one of them into, like, a zombie that would never leave. Because that was his whole thing. He didn't want people to leave, right? Yeah. He was like, I don't want them to ever leave. Ever. So I'm going to put acid in his head. So that he'll be zombie-like, and then I won't have to kill anyone else. He can just use it as, like, a doll. Right. But it's a person. Right, yeah. Because the doll thing didn't work, remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mannequin just wasn't doing it for him. Right. Errol Lindsay at the time had a daughter on the way. So that's really sad and notable. That is sad. I didn't look into her because I'm sure she's got a sealed... Respect her privacy. Right, but that's so sad. That is sad. That was April 7th. On May 24th of 1991, Tony Hughes was at a bar in the area. I read that he had previously spoke with Dahmer. Like, they weren't strangers. I guess they probably had seen each other in the bar before. But they're not friends. So, note that. Like, probably just... You'd say, like, acquaintances. And some people say that it's not true, but I don't know. It seems kind of true. They were both pretty frequent flyers within the bars and... Even if you don't know somebody and they're not an acquaintance, you might, like, see them and talk to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they're Just, a part of the same community. We'll say that. Right. Tony was a deaf mute who always carried a pad and paper around to communicate with people. He was said to be really fun and the type of person that you just want to have fun with because he's having so much fun. Like, even though he had a, he was, he had a disability, he, could, he was deaf... He was having the best time ever, mm-hmm. making the best of it. Dahmer got Tony to come back to his apartment with him, where he gave him a drink and drugged him before strangling him. Dahmer left his body on the floor for three days before dismembering him and taking photographs. In an apartment building. In an apartment building. A decomposing body for three days. In probably what is a very cheaply built apartment building. Well, and at the time, you have to think the time frame it was. I want to say they didn't have central heating and air and stuff. So there was like one... Like window unit? One vent that like that went from apartment to apartment to keep the air circulating. Oh, so we're talking like a unit central for the building, not like individual units for Well, I guess apartment? there is individual ones in the apartment, bec- but because of that little thing that sometimes airflow came through the apartments, I don't know, the ins and outs mm. of 1990, probably ni- way older than that, apartment buildings. Yeah. But yeah. But there's no central heating and air. No. So just take into account that if, I mean, it's fucking May. There's a smell. Yeah. There's absolutely a smell. Yeah. So that's May 24th. Take note. On May 27th, 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer was walking around the Grand Avenue Mall having a slice of pizza and a beer. Dahmer saw a young Laotian boy named Conriac. That's a pretty name. Yep. He was only 14 years old at the time. 14. Dahmer approached him and offered him money to take photographs for him. Conriac went to went with him to his apartment where he then drugged him before trying to drill into his skull as well. He says that he tried to add less acid this time in hopes that he would just be a zombie and stay with him. Conriac woke up and it seemed to have worked. Right? He couldn't talk or anything. So he's like barely conscious. He's like kind of out of it, right? When he wakes up. Oh, terrifying. Donner, Donner, Dahmer then leaves the apartment to go get beer, right? He's like, yeah, I got my fucking zombie. I'm going to go celebrate, you know? <laughs> He's like, I'm losing my buzz, I'm drilling holes in brains, sniffing right. acid. While Dahmer was gone, Conriac had gotten up off of the couch and ran outside, butt naked. Oh, my God. With a hole in his head. Ran outside. Butt naked with a hole in his head. Yeah. He was unable to communicate with people and two young girls stopped him and was like, oh my God, are you okay? Well, I mean, he's 14. He's a kid. Right. And they're saying that, oh my God, they call the police or somebody nearby calls police, whatever. I don't think they had cell phones at the time. He was running down the road with no clothes, a hole in his head, and a witness recalled he had a bleeding rectum. Oh no. 
Two young girls who were about 18 at the time stopped and helped him and the police were called. The two girls who were waiting with him were black women that lived in the area. This is notable. The police were unable to Conriac to communicate with Conriac because he had a fucking hole in his head. Filled with muriatic acid. Yeah, and while they were talking to him, Dahmer approaches. <gasps> the women tell him to back up. They're like, no, get back. Like, there's something wrong with this boy. You need to back up. The police then tell the women if they don't leave him alone that they're going to arrest them. For helping a 14-year-old boy who's they running told, down the street they naked? They told them, like, to be quiet. They needed to talk to Dahmer, right? Men are speaking. I hate that. So, like, fuck these cops already, right? Yeah. Dahmer then begins to explain to them that Conrad is just his boyfriend and he was just drunk. That, and he was just coming back to get him and take him back home. What? That's what he tells the police. That's why he's butt-ass naked in the side of yeah, the road. Yeah, because he's drunk. With a hole in his head. Well, he's- allegedly they didn't see the hole in his head, but... Oh, of course not. Yeah, my fucking ass. So, the police escort Conriac and Dahmer back to his apartment where they leave him... After they see his clothes on the floor and Dahmer shows him the photographs he took of him before he drilled the hole in his head. Oh, my God. This boy's 14. And take note that Tony Hughes' body is still in the fucking room next door. No. Yeah. So if they would have just looked around, they would have seen a body on the floor. Or stick your fucking head in the apartment and smell. Well, they're inside the apartment looking at photos, right? You don't fucking smell, Tony. That's the whole thing. They're saying... and. At this time, like, Dahmer said he had bodies in his bathroom, like, in the tub, and he would just shower in cold water on top of them because he didn't have time to dispose of them because he was killing people so quickly. Oh, my God. And you mean to tell me you didn't think it smells like a fucking dead body in here? Police know what a dead body smells like. I don't know. I don't know what a dead body smells like, but I know what a dead fish smells like. You know what I mean? But, like, you can't even fathom the smell of decomposing bodies in an apartment in May. Like, come on. Yeah. And on top of that, these police officers are leaving this 14-year-old boy in the custody of a grown-ass man. Yep. Like, why is that not a red flag? And And then telling two women to shut the fuck up about it. And if the police officer would have done their jobs and just ran Dahmer's name, they would have seen... That he has a prior sexual assault on a minor that was this boy's brother. No. They would have seen that if they would have just ran his name in the system. But they trust Dahmer, right? He's a white dude. Yep, and they told the two women at the scene to shut the fuck up, pretty much. I cannot. Could you imagine how traumatized those women are when they figure out what happened that night? Like when the so after after this happened, the girl went home to her mom. She was like eighteen years old and told her mom. Her mom called the police department, spoke to these officers, told that I listened to the phone call, told them that they thought that there was something. She was like, I was just calling a check in. They said that this boy was really hurt and really young, and like, I'm really worried. I'm just making sure that was something was done. Like. And they're like, yeah, ma'am, we, this was a civil matter. We returned him to his boyfriend. And they were like, she was like, his boyfriend, he looked really young. And they were like, no, ma'am, it was under control. Have a nice night. Pretty much, like, blew her off. Boyfriend, not a parent or guardian. So this is notable because, obviously, Conriac is Laotian. He's not white. And now they're adding in the gay aspect of the community to it. And that really is making the police uncomfortable, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I saw in some interviews with some of the detectives from the time, which I feel they're more likely to side with police or whatever. I don't, I don't know. You know, I wasn't even alive in 1991. So who am I to say? But I do think that they said something along the lines of like, the police had like strict orders to stop arresting so many gay people, like targeting them, I guess. So now, instead of actually investigating crimes like they're supposed to because they're scared they're going to be targeting the gay community, allegedly, they just do this instead, I guess. I guess that makes sense. That is literally what the police officers are saying. And I was like, you guys are, what? What? 
are you fucking for real right now? Yeah, they're like, we're not alarmed that he's a minor or that he's butt-ass naked in the street, you know. They or- didn't, the, my whole thing, they didn't have proof he wasn't a minor. You can look at a 14-year-old boy and know that he's a minor. Right. Like, if you have the slightest bit of intelligence, well, you know that he's a little boy. I heard that they said, I guess Dahmer said something, you know, about how, like, Asian people don't age. And they oh look young. God. Something, like, really racist. And he's white. I Take note. Fucking idiots. The police officers were then heard on the phone call making jokes, calling back to the apartment, saying that the dispute had been handled after the 911 call, saying things like, the light brown gay man being returned to his boyfriend, and also made a comment about having to go back to the station to get deloused. So the D. Louse comment can either be taken as they're racist or that they thought Dahmer's apartment was fucking disgusting, which it was because it spent like bodies, dude. Why didn't y'all fucking look at the body? It's literally a murder scene. I can't. I can't. You know they had to smell it. Mm-hmm. There's no way they didn't smell it. Dahmer said that after this, he attempted to add more acid to his brain and he died within the hour after they left after the police left he was like obviously i didn't put in enough if he got all the way out to the street yep try to give him more so take note that this is may 27th on june 30th 1991 Dahmer met a a man by the name of matt turner he convinced him to come back to his apartment where he then drugged him and then waited for him to go to sleep before strangling him with a leather strap Dahmer kept his head in the freezer and put his torso into a 57-gallon drum of acid. He said he would then leave the body parts into this drum until they would turn into sort of like a... He said it just like this. Let me get into the Dahmer voice. They would turn into kind of like a slush, you know? And then I would just I would just scoop it out and flush it down the toilet. Yeah, you know, like a slush. You know, from the acid eating at the bones and the flush. Just slush Just around. right, right into the sewer. Yeah. That's the easiest way to get rid of them. Down the toilet. That's fucking gross. And that's, that was my Dahmer impression. But yeah, <laughs> that is what he did. On July 5th, 1991, and you know, happy birthday, America. <laughs> Dahmer was at a speakeasy in the area where he met a 23-year-old by the name of Jeremiah Weinberger. Dahmer drugged him and then drilled into his skull before injecting boiling hot water in order to try and make him into a zombie. Jeremiah was sent into a coma and died two days later. Dahmer then dismembered his body and he also put his torso into the 57-gallon drum after dismembering him with a chainsaw in his apartment. A chainsaw. Okay, hold the fuck up. A chainsaw? No one's calling, like, the, the apartment, like, manager. Like, hey, there's a fucking chainsaw running on the floor. I guess they did call about, uh, especially about the smell. Somebody called. And they kind of just. They were like, oh, well, what are you going to do? He said that he had some fish that died, some tropical fish that died. He said he had a freezer full of meat and the freezer went out. And so it was dead meat, which I guess wasn't a lie, but it was human meat. Yeah. That he was consuming. Jesus fucking Christ. So there's that. A chainsaw? He then stored his head in a freezer as well. On July 15th, 1991, Dahmer met a man named Oliver Lacey out one night on a street corner. He convinced him to come back to his home where he posed for photos and then Dahmer made him a drink and strangled him. He placed his heart and his head in the freezer. On July 19th, 1991, four days later, Dahmer met a man by the name of Joseph Bradhoft. Joseph agreed to go back to Dahmer's apartment, where he then drugged him and strangled him before dismembering his body and storing his head in the freezer. So I guess we're giving up on the human zombie experiment at this point. Yeah, I think he's getting like, oh, that's not working. working. Yeah. On July 22nd, 1991 so like just take note 5th 15th 19th and 22nd of july that's four 
different people. This is the 22nd. And and previously, he's taken like a couple of months in between these numbers. So he's really really spiraling. So it seems to me that at this point, he's like, oh, I'm fucking smarter than the police. The police ain't getting me. They don't care about me. I'm a white man. They just returned a boy to my apartment with two bodies on the floor and told me to have a nice night. You're right. That's what it is. He's got confidence now. Yeah. He's like, these dudes trust me. They're not worried about it. I can talk myself out of any situation. They came in my apartment when I had dead decomposing bodies and I got away with that shit. And they just told me to have a nice night. Yeah. Here's your 14 year old. Have a great day. Wow. So on July 22nd, 1991, Dahmer went out to the bars and met a name, a man by the name of Tracy Edwards. Dahmer offered money to him to come back to his apartment to take photos and watch movies. It was said that Dahmer liked to watch The Exorcist 3. Yeah, he got yellow contacts to imitate like that, and he would wear them out to the bars and stuff. Mm. That's how you pick up dates. Yeah. I bet... He looked really cool. <laughs> and that's how he got guys. Yeah. He was like, it worked for him. He was like looking like down and he was like, hey, you know, I just look like a regular man, but inside. And he opens his eyes. I'm a beast. <laughs> and it's like yellow <laughs> eyes. And they were like, oh, yeah, I'm going home with that, dude. And he's like, you want to come take some pictures for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, that's what he did. And Tracy Edwards said, yeah, I'll come fucking watch The Exorcist. That's a cool-ass movie. I'm about it. So Tracy said that once in the apartment, notice I said, Tracy said, that once in the apartment, Jeffrey tried to drug him and then tried to handcuff him but was only successful in getting one handcuffed. So the other hand was free. He said that Jeffrey made him watch The Exorcist 3. He said that he asked him to go to the restroom while they were watching the movie. And as he walked past Dahmer, he just hit him and ran. Mm. He said he got to the door and there was like eight locks on the door and he just happened to pick the right one. No way. He ran across the street. He flagged down a police officer. And from what it seems in the interviews and what the police say and things like that, He wasn't even going to press charges. He just wanted the handcuff off. Yeah. He just stopped them and was like, hey, can you unlock this? He's happy to be alive. Right. So the police were unable to take the handcuff off because it wasn't a police set of handcuffs. So they asked him to take him back to the apartment where he had escaped after he had told them why he had the handcuffed on. And when the police returned, Dahmer led them inside of his home. Where Tracy then said something to him, like something to the police officers along the line of, he told me he has heads in the freezer. Mm. And the police opened the freezer to find human heads. Oh, my God. Could you imagine being a cop? You're just patrolling, cruising down the street. Some guy comes up to you. He's in a panic, right? He's like, I need you to help me get this handcuff off. And you're like... Well, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, take me back. Let's let's figure out what's going on. This seems kind of like a crazy situation. You go into this dude's apartment and you open the freezer and find a bunch of human heads and a human heart. Could you imagine, like, just, like, trying to process that type of information? I could not. Yep. It is insane. It's insane. Yep. And I forgot to mention in this, there... He does eat a few victims. He tries to, like, he wraps them up and stores them in meat, like, in his freezer, like. Like so you would at eat. a butcher shop. That's what he compared it to. He said when you open the freezer, it looked like he went to a butcher shop. Mm. So I'm assuming he's got, like. Um, he would eat the, um like, thighs, like the meaty part. So he's got, like, freezer, refrigerator, and then a chest freezer is what's going on, right? That's the situation. That's what I'm thinking because from the photos I saw, there was a chest, and that's the one that he told them that the meat had went out. Remember when he lied about it right. going out? Yeah, like I'm trying to remember. And the then depiction. I think he has the heads in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know, honestly, but he has a lot of shit. And also, I, it is notable that he had ruffles. It's only notable because I was the only person interested. 
I saw when in the police investigation photos like a bag of ruffles and I started like being like do you think he's like an original guy or a sour cream <laughs> cheddar guy you gotta have a little snacky snack in between the murders you know yeah Jeffrey you, gets hungry too yeah and he smokes pot from what I understand he probably can't just be eating fucking people all the time gotta have some ruffles you imagine just living in there with that smell and still having an appetite to eat food and human body parts like ugh. yeah that's disgusting anyway you're right. He probably was like a sour cream and onion guy. Yeah, something, something nasty. Yeah, something, something that smelled bad. Not that sour cream and onions nasty. Just smells not good. Not the best smell. Tastes good though. Dahmer was arrested on the spot, obviously, and pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Good strategy. Dahmer gave a full confession and said that all he wanted to know was why he was like this and this takes me to a point like i know dauber's piece of shit person but i feel like so like he was failed so many times by the system so many times he was just like hey could you guys just help me and i feel like it was more like he like the psychiatrist before that was literally like hey you guys there's something wrong with him don't put him back on the streets put him in a mental facility and they were like man you know I think you should just do, like, work arrest. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, this is what, like, the fourth interaction with law enforcement at this point. Like, got pulled over with body parts in his car. Then there was, like, the whole went to court, had a psychiatric evaluation. Talked to the guys on the street with the 14-year-old boy. And now he's just now. And, and he was arrested multiple times like just at the fair remember he was on a di- like oh, a 10 yeah. day hold and he had to pay it. for like public indecency mm-hmm. or something doing wild shit after the psychiatric evaluation they didn't act on that i mean that was just that's ridiculous right so not to say that i feel bad for him but i do feel a little sad for him that he did kind of want some help and i know at some point he just keeps asking like them like why am i like this and nobody has a fucking answer and it makes you really disappointed in the justice system yeah and in the police force and at how the time in that area yeah. yeah and how much they encountered this issue and didn't do shit about it for years well they weren't even investigating a lot of the crimes because of the area of town that they were in yeah. and the fact that they basically weren't straight white men Dahmer gave a full confession after that And in January of 1992, Dahmer was deemed not insane by the courts because Dahmer knew what he was doing was wrong at the time. And in order to get an insanity plea, you have to be able to not control what you're doing, like not know the difference between right and wrong at the time of the murder. So let me look it up exactly because I know that's not the right wording, but it's like, it's like he had no justification for it. He wasn't trying to be like, I did this for this reason. It's not wrong. He knew it was wrong. He just couldn't stop it. Right? That's like the distinction there. Okay, so, I don't know. My phone's being stupid. But basically, to what my understanding is, he knew what he was doing was wrong and mm-hmm. that he shouldn't be doing it. And also the fact that he had to get drunk before doing it. Like, he had to work himself up for it. He didn't right. just want to do it. He had to, like, kind of push himself to do it. Right. You know what I mean? They are like, he's not insane. He's insane for fucking acting on it, but he knows that he's not supposed to be doing it. That's why he's getting fucked up. That's why he's disposing of the bodies. That's why he's doing things to not get caught. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, that was the thing. Dahmer was sentenced to 15 consecutive life sentences, and he was held at Columbia Correctional State Facility. While in prison, Dahmer found himself reading the Bible more and getting interested in his faith. He was even baptized on the execution date of John Wayne Gacy. It is also notable that this same day, there was a full solar eclipse. Mm. Which, I don't know... I'm so, not I'm not a moony girly, you know. I'm not a zodiac queen, but I did look up the meaning of a f- full solar eclipse because they don't happen often, right? Right. 
they symbolize beginnings, endings, and clean slates. Mm-hmm. So now he has a clean slate with God, right? That's what baptism means. Like, sins forgiven, committing your life to God. Mm-hmm. John Wayne Gacy what? died, so that's an ending. And then, like, I guess after you're baptized, like, you're reborn, right? Yeah, you're reborn. So he was... It's a beginning. Wow. Which, I'm not into all that stuff, but it is crazy. It is a crazy coincidence that everything happened on that. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, anything like, you know, he was a brand new man and he wasn't. Yeah. I'm just saying it's crazy. Hey, the stars aligned for Jeffrey on this day. Right. But they did not stay aligned, unfortunately. Dahmer was not in the general population for the majority of his sentence because people wanted to fucking kill him. And upon being asked to move to general population, he was able to do prison jobs. So he asked to be put into the general population. He pretty much went to his attorneys and lawyers and was like, I want to be put into the general population. I'm letting you guys know that's what I want to do. I can't be by myself anymore. I'm going like fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be in the general population. And they were like, if you go into the general population, you're going to die. Like he knew. And... He started doing prison jobs and was mixed into the general population just like everyone else. On November 29th, on November 29th, 1994, Dahmer went to clean out lockers with another inmate by the name of Jesse Anderson, an inmate who was sentenced to killing his wife. Hmm. The two were left alone with another inmate at the time by the name of Christopher Scarver. The guards left them alone which this is said to have, like, almost never happened in prisons. And I've heard they don't leave prisoners alone ever. So this was, like, a setup. It seems to be a setup. They say it was investigated, and it's not a setup. Bullshit. Seems like a fucking setup. Because right after that, Scarver killed Dahmer with a barbell, which is kind of a quick and sick, quick and sick. Quick and easy death. No, it's a sick, um, it's kind of a sick twist because his first victim he killed with a barbell that's right oh my god i forgot i didn't no caitlin doesn't forget anything and then after that he went and killed jesse anderson as well the inmate that killed them both christopher scarver i read said something along the lines of like he hated what they did and they acted like careless that they did it almost like it was insignificant so you think they were kind of buddies? Like, oh, we're both murderers. Like, I don't know if they were buddies, but they were probably like nobody fucking else likes us. Yeah, in the same class of people in the prison. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that is the ending of Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. Not the ending he deserved. Not the ending. I think, honestly, someone should have drilled a hole in his head and poured some muriatic acid in. I think this case is sad from beginning to end. It really is. It really is because he targeted like a really vulnerable group of people. Yeah, and people that the that the police and the city didn't care about. And that is the most heartbreaking part that mm-hmm. he knew it and he took advantage of that. Yeah. God, it's so heartbreaking. And like that whole demographic ends up being a victim. I mean, just like in our last case, he was targeting prostitutes and young girls who had like ran away from home. The Green River Killer. And yep. I mean, John, Jeff, Jeffrey's kind of doing like a similar thing with these young, colored, men. homosexual yeah. men. Because they're not looked at in the society they're as an unrepresented equal. class at this point in time. Right. It's so sad. So, so fucking sad. Fuck Jeffrey Dahmer. I and think for me. Fuck those cops. Did I tell yeah. you that I didn't, I forgot to put this in, but they got, they got, I guess, suspended and they took it to court. And they were reinstated and got a promotion later down the road. Got an award. Oh, my God. An award for what? For being a piece of shit? Pretty much. They were like, hey, dude, (laughs) fuck that kid. Here's an award. You should have pressed charges on every cop who came encountered with Jeffrey Dahmer and didn't investigate. Yeah, except for the last one who actually made some shit happen. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's the saddest part for me. Is that he could have been caught early. He could have been caught with those bags in, in his back car. seat. And all of those people would have lived. But no. We just let Jeffrey go. And then after he he killed Conriac, there was so many victims back to back to back because of the confidence he gained. Right. 
He got so violent after that. Yep. It's so fucking sad and tragic. It's so sad. I don't know how you store all this information. Like, I don't even want to think about this ever again after we finish this podcast. Yeah, I definitely need a break. I'm glad it's your turn next week. But that is the sad and tragic case of Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Dom Dom. He's so infamous. So infamous. Yeah. Everybody and I mean, because this is insane. Yeah. I think it. it's also like the cannibalism aspect because it's a very rare... Situation. Also, I would like to know um, two victims. I got them mixed up in different sources. I read that there was two different victims that were the first victim. He, I'm clicking something. Hang on, sorry. I read that Erol Lindsay and Tony Hughes were the first victims that he drilled into their heads. I'm so I'm not sure which one it was specifically Mm -hmm. so if that is a little bit backwards i'm sorry you guys i i looked in a few different places but either Mm -hmm. way it's so sad and they were like right next to each other i think that's why it's a little bit blurry right the time period's so close yeah but yeah so that's all we have for you guys this week yeah join us next week for a new topic we're gonna post every tuesday is the goal yeah i think that this isn't gonna be posted until um the 17th this will be being posted on the 17th oh my god and i'll be out of town right after this so we'll have to probably record two times that week and upload twice yeah Oh, this is when you're going to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yes. So. And that's also right after the Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift concert. So we'll have an update. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So um, like and follow us on anything and everything that you can find us on. We should be malicious underscore podcast on Instagram. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to try to post photos, you know, correlating with all the episodes on Instagram, so you'll see some of the photos of the stuff we're talking about there, too. Right, and we hope to see you there. 